Hey, hello. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this is Michael Rosso, and this is the Film Photography Podcast for January 15th, 2010. And I'm here with co-host Dwayne Polkew. Hello, everyone. Happy 2010 to everyone. And our color commentary, always guest, super friend, fellow photographer, John Fideli. Hi, how are you? Novice photographer. Uh, amateur photographer. Well, I got to say, I, I am amateur, and I'm always amazed at the stuff that you guys uncover here. So I'm like the, the new kid on the block. Good. With uh, wide eyes. Before we get started, I do want to grill John a little bit. He uh -oh. was out. John was out last month. Congratulations! You had a child. That's Congratulations! Right. Yes, third third little kid. And wow. I sent John two rolls of Kodachrome 200. I figured, new addition to the family, the holidays. Did you use it? Um, if I actually was able to to see things clearly. <laughs> <laughs> if I had enough sleep, I would have been able to focus for some photographs, but no, I haven't used it yet. But I am going to be using it this week. Did you shoot any film photography over the holiday? Uh, no, it's just there's three kids running around. It's uh -huh. impossible to, to do anything like that. Was there any digital photography shot over the holiday? Uh, a couple of shots. I shot some video, of course. Wow. Well, but good. Well, you got hard. something done. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to pose them, though, because, you know, you tell them to come here and then they stand there for a second. You need a, a flash. Time. Yeah, by the time you're done focusing and making sure your exposure is proper, they're like gone. So I think John needs. I won't tell him now. You need to read the ten real. John needs to read the ten rules of lamography with with kids running around. I would think you need mm -hmm. to shoot from the hip. Yeah, no I think doubt. that would be the the approach. You know, it's amazing. grab a lot, like shoot a lot, and you'll get something well, sort of spontaneous. Yeah, I'll shoot twenty four exposures and get maybe two usable shots that are in focus and nice Perfect. And exposed. Perfect. That's a good ratio. Out of Every roll of film that I shoot, I am thrilled if I get one, what I consider a, a, a really... Really? A, a, an image that I could sit back and be like, huh, you know what? I really like that. Out of how many? Like 36? 24, 24 or 36, yeah. yeah. Ditto with you, Dwayne, when you shoot or no? Well, I think it depends on what you're trying to shoot and what you're trying to accomplish. If it's sort of just a... A, you know, shoot from the hip sort of approach. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah your percentage is going to be lower because you you're not right. meeting anything or setting up lights or posing anything. Right. But welcome everybody. Uh, our film photography podcast for anyone listening for the first time. It's a podcast for simply the love of film and uh, the exploration and continued pres preservation of shooting film. Preservation and promotion. Yes, of shooting film photography. I was online on Flickr.com in a few different threads, and there were a few posts about, hey, you know, I got a Holga for Christmas. And wow. that's exciting. It's that's exciting cool. for me to know that some, uh, you know, person in the world received a film camera for a holiday gift and is actually thrilled. Mm. Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah. In 2009, who would think that? Yeah, right? Exactly. I mean, exactly. we're walking around with uh, iPod phones that do just about everything. Yeah. And to get an old school piece of film equipment like that and be excited about it is a very good thing. Yes. I'd like to think that we have an exciting show today. Uh, I'm going to be discussing a few cameras that I picked up over the last month. We have a giveaway. We're actually giving away a 35mm camera package. That's uh, awesome. It's 
totally awesome. I'm sitting here looking at it, and I want it for myself. But I, I think can't. John wanted it. Yeah, I definitely wanted it. We have letters to read. Uh, Dwayne is going to be discussing um, scanning. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, a, a photographer who shot Kodachrome in the 1980s. That photographer's name is? Jeff Dunas. We have our letter segment. Great. And we have letters? We have letters. Great. Many letters. Our film photography Flickr group. That is the group where fans... I'm sorry, that is the group... Go ahead. Shuffle it, John. I'm just trying to get my uh, drink out. Sorry. That is the online group on Flickr where our listeners and fellow photographers can uh, join and put their images in our pool. So today also I put a gallery together of some images that are, to me, I thought were very striking. Mm -hmm. And we're going to be discussing images as well. And you can follow along at home by going to that gallery and, uh, you know, looking at the images with us. And we should give people the gallery name now and then repeat it later. Oh, good idea. Uh, that's what I'm here for. Uh, we'll wait. Well, you can access it two ways. You can go to my Flickr page, which is Michael Rosso, R-A-S-O, Michael Rosso Film Photography on Flickr, and then just click on Galleries, and my galleries will come up, and you'll see Film Photography Podcast one fifteen twenty ten edition. How far uh, or how close are we to like embedding text or photos into podcasts? Well, if everything was going as well as I'd like things to go, we would have by this point a visual podcast, and we would be shooting oh. this on video, and then we would have been able to post this as a video podcast, oh, no and we would have been able to embed the pictures in while we're talking about it. Oh, that's nice. That's very high that'll tech. That would be awesome. Is that to come in the future, or just uh, we don't know. I need uh, our friend, good friend, Joe Kolbeck. Where's Scooper's boogie board? Joe. Who would uh, serve us better on the podcast by actually shooting video than sitting here not saying anything. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Joe. Uh, Joe would sit here with a camera. Actually, say, I hate film. He would sit here with two cameras with an old switcher I have. It's Mm -hmm. a little digital switcher. And he would do a live switch, like a TV show. Like a live edit, like a a sports telecast. Yeah. And, and then the only thing that would be need to be done in post-production is some cleanup and adding in the images that we're talking about or sh- hmm. close-up shots of various right. cameras we're talking about. Well, I mean, since we're talking about photos, you definitely need to uh, edit those in. Yeah. But the, the URL is, the actual URL is flickr.com forward slash photos forward slash Michael Rosso, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-R-A-S-O. Period. No period. No period forward slash galleries forward slash seven two one five seven six i see john from this distance where my screen is i can see this but the thing, okay, it, yeah. i have i wear glasses uh, i'm nearsighted which means i can't see far but it, these days if it gets too close i have to squint and take my glasses off mm-hmm. that's the side story. do you shoot uh photos with your glasses or no glasses you know strangely enough real side note I've been experimenting with, with 120 photography. I have a Yashica A. Mm-hmm. It's an entry level. And it has the pop-up look. You know, you look down into your image to focus. Like a Hasselblad kind of a thing. Yes. I have to take my glasses off to do that. I, mm. I could see it perfect. But if I pop out the magnifier, mm-hmm. I have to put the glasses on. Because there's an enlarging diopter or there's some sort of uh, Fresnel screen in those things that actually magnifies the image for you to see it better. So it's acting like... 
a pair of glasses that you would wear to say magnify text when you're reading. So that's probably mm. why. Does that make sense? It does make sense. But now I need the chain that goes on my glasses so I could dangle <laughs> the glasses around no, my you neck. You just put them on top of your head like, uh, you know. Is it difficult for you to look down into the camera? Did, With, your, did your walker get in the way of it? Or ah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but real quick, that, that URL, flickr.com forward slash photos, forward slash Michael Rosso, forward slash galleries, forward slash 721576. I have it right here. In case you want to follow along later. Anyhow. And you should follow along because the pictures are striking. They're very, 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 very good. Yes. And these are, and these are photos that, that, uh, listeners have dumped into a pool. And that's another exciting thing about the podcast. It's like, oh, why do you guys do the podcast? If anyone asks, hey, why, do you guys do you? why do you guys do the podcast? To get chicks. <laughs> it hasn't worked yet. <laughs> really? Oh, well, I'm single. Keep trying. Dwayne, you're single? Yes, I am. John's married with children. I'm married He's out with of the kids. loop. But I'm looking we were for all something on the side. Yeah, if, anyone, if anyone out there, if you're female and you want to take me out on a date, or Dwayne out on a date, we'd be happy to go. We're in Jersey. That's New Jersey. Hey, forget about it. Hey, whoa, what do you want? Yeah. Forget about it. You know, pull wants. Exactly. He disrespected the band. I want to sit down. But it's, it's thrilling to know that these are people from around the whole world mm-hmm. contributing to a pool. And I, I like to feel we're creating an environment that's um, kind of just very creative. Yeah, no doubt. On film. Well, if you look at the photos, especially the ones you picked, it's extremely creative. Yeah. Let's first, I think we should do our letter segment first. Yes, letters. All right, my first letter is the letter M. (laughs) Mail's in. Well, the jokes on the podcast are sort of like the ratio for a roll of film when you're shooting for a hip. That's right. That's intentional, too. You throw 24 out there and maybe two or three will be good ones. Can you go to a URL, John? (sighs) This is our our mailbag segment of folks that have sent... Folks that have sent in letters, and we're at filmphotographypodcast at gmail.com. Is that what I'm supposed to do? No. Oh, where, where do you want me to go? Um, through my own – I have. I also have a photography blog, which I don't know the URL, but certainly if you read my profile on Flickr, you could find it. Through blog – I think it's blogger. Yes, through blogger, I found another blog about film photography. No kidding. That I thought was great. And here's the URL, John. Okay, ready. HTTP. Uh, just www. Can you, you need to just follow directions. HTTP <laughs> uh, I got to put H-T-T-P. in HTTP. It does it for you because it's a Mac. HTTP. Col- yeah. Colon. Colon? What colon, are you kidding me? Forward slash. Am I colon or colon? Forward slash, forward slash. Forward slash, forward slash. Lee... Like, oh, I'm sorry, Lee likes photography.com. L E E? Stop. Oh, here we go. Oh. HTTP. HTTP. Forward, forward slash, <laughs> forward slash. Uh, HTTP colon forward slash, forward slash. Lee likes photography. L E E? Yes. Like Mr. Lee. Dot blogspot. Hold on. Dot com. Go get that checked. Blogspot. Waiting. Okay, here we go. Lee likes photography. So, guy with the funny hat. Okay. This is this is shooting from the hip. The striking thing and the great thing about his uh, blog is that it's just street photography, everyday, yep. mundane stuff. And the way I think that Lee brings it together very well, like it's it's presented very well. 
It's easy to look at, and it's kind of fun because you're seeing a snapshot from someplace else in the world. Well, he's he's telling a story, yes, too, and yes. he's got text in there, which is good. Now, I liked Lee's blog from the get-go, but what, it, what really struck me was that on Blogger, you have people who follow your blog. That means people who subscribe to your blog. Mm-hmm. Lee has 1,593 followers. That's a lot. Lee's a bit of a guru. Yes. A shaman, if you will. So I emailed Lee, and I said, you know, I dig your, uh, what did I say to him? Oh, I said, uh, I dig your stuff, and um, how did you get so many people? How many get so many followers? And he said, blogs of note. That's, Blogger has, uh, I guess, a page that every day showcases someone's blog. Mm -hmm. And they picked his blog to showcase one day. And Lee said that, you know, the next day he had all these followers. No, he said he had more followers, and when it was all when it was all said and done, he was left with one thousand five hundred ninety three people. That's what is the cool. criterion for being included into the blog of note? I don't know. I I wouldn't be surprised if they picked random. Now the interesting thing about Blogger or any blog is that you can monetize. Does he have? Uh, does Lee have uh, advertising at the top, on the left or right? Um, nope. No ads. Scroll no. down. Nothing. No. By monetize, you mean you can get banners and things. Well, and yeah, there's stuff and... here. Ads by Google, Blogger, yes. Beach Portraits, Galaxy Photo, Allstate. I'm, I'm, excuse me, John. Yeah. Did you say Google? I said the Google. The Google. And this is just an interesting thing. If you have enough people reading your 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 blog, and I, I don't know if 1500 is even enough, but if you ha- mm-hmm. if you just become a a blog guru, as as uh, Dwayne said. And you have a lot of people looking and clicking through your, your Google ads. They want to give you money. They'll send you money. So if you become a, a, a uh, blog guru, people will want to pay you. Hmm. You could actually make like 20 or $30. <laughs> well, well, actually, I don't, I don't know. sarcasm. I don't know how much no, you I, know. I, I mean, think you can make a living at it, can well, you? Can you? No, here's the it's thing. good pocket change, more good, uh, I guess, uh, film money. I mean, I just started my blog about, mm-hmm. you know, that, a few months ago. And I and have... you're already a capitalist pig is what you're no, saying. No, no, no. How many I followers ha- do you have? I have, John. Five. I ha- No, I have four followers. Oh, wow. I'm sorry. I was being a little kind there. Yeah. And I didn't even click the monetize. How many do you have? Four. Oh, you should have more than that. No, Mike no. Rasso, by the way, has a simply excellent... Excellent blog because oh. you know you you actually like describe how you do things, why you do things, where oh, you go where to my you blog. Went. Let's promote I me like for it. a second. I like it. I'm okay. gonna do. You've motivated you've motivated me to do my oh. own, which well, I haven't done yet. But try um, HTTP. HTTP. Go to Google and the Google. The Google. Go to Google and type in Michael Rosso blog. Okay. Leave my microphone and go over John's shoulder. Mm-hmm. Michael Russo? So, Michael Russo's film photography. Oh, right here, my film photography. There it is. Look at that. Uh, like go s- to lose all that stuff and just end it at blogspot.com. That's where you can get the most recent. Lance in Belgium leaves pol- Polaroids behind. What's Everybody the URL there, John? It's just uh, Michael Rosso's. Michaelrosso.blogspot.com. Great. So I have four followers. But now that I'm sort of really in the swing of things, it's not just my photography. It's, you know, I found Lance. There's I believe video his name is here. Lance Rothstein. He's in, is he in Belgium? Uh, does it say? Yep. Belgium. Lance in Belgium. Lance is shooting Polaroid photography. 
and le- he's, he's shooting and leaving it in public. It's numbered and signed, and he leaves, he posts it, as you see by one of the shots there. Right. Like a Johnny Appleseed kind of a thing. <laughs> and, and it's you each... It's <laughs> is that what he's? I mean, you know, Johnny Appleseed. He's no. hoping to grow creativity. Yeah, I don't. I don't know Johnny Appleseed. Johnny oh, Appleseed was on. a legendary figure who took apple seeds and planted them so that he would leave behind trees. He is doing a Johnny Appleseed kind of thing. Wow! And each one is original and unique and numbered. He calls it picture crossing. And I believe if you go to his picture crossing dot yeah. com, you can maybe re- go and register that you found his picture. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. You want me to go there? Mm, Sure. I'll go there. But, I I mean, I I found Lance's photography on Flickr. We're going to probably talk about some of his images images today. And this is all, none of this has anything to do with any money. Exactly. It's hmm. so altruistic and just like, I'm going to do this because I want to take pictures and share them with people. It's very free. It makes... It's just awesome, really. If, if you go to his website, it says you can find your photo. I guess he posts pictures of the photos up there. Or you can leave a, uh, a uh, email with him, tell him where you found it, and he'll tell you a story about the photo. Yeah, it looks like he, uh, he posts all the photos up w- here. What's the name of Lance's website? It's called Picture Crossing. Is it picturecrossing.com? Yes. And I just, first of all, they're Polaroid images, and they're very unique. And he's done he's done some amazing things with scratching mm-hmm. the Polaroids to, to make to make designs and whatnot. He's just he's just because yeah, it looks like he has a Polaroid and then another film camera with him where maybe he takes photos of the Polaroids to then reference them or uh, put them up on the website so people can if they find one of his pictures they can then go up and find the picture right on his website and then click on that yeah. and he'll tell you a little story about it as a side note i was reading an article in this month's uh uk photo pro magazine and it was just a sidebar it wasn't necessarily a very lengthy article and it said that uh, the licensing group of polaroid not polaroid the corporation the old name polaroid but the people the licensing group that has purchased their name will begin manufacturing both polaroid film and sx70 type cameras oh. by the end of 2010. Wow. So those people news. out there who, you know, are interested in Polaroid film, you're not just getting film, you're actually getting a system, a whole new system being introduced that was akin to the old SX-70. As long as this article is telling the truth, I mean, there's a lot of rumors flying about, but... You make me... It encourages me to call my friend Ed Seaman right now. He's a guy. He lives in Florida. He's a photographer. Ed Seaman? Ed Seaman lives in Florida. He's retired. He does a he has a, a screen printing business on T-shirts, like silk screening. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's a, he's an artist. He's a fine artist, so he'll draw manatees, like cartoon like. Oh, really? Yes. He was one of the animators for My Pretty Pony. Really? Yes. Oh, no kidding. No kidding. And he, he sent me an email. He's like, I have a Polaroid that he used to use when he shot tabletop. So he modified the back for a, a newer film that's still available, and he's like, "I'm thinking about selling it." So you're you're motivating me to actually just buy it. Is it one of those uh, 110 or A and B conversion cameras? In other words, Polaroid in the 1960s made these beautiful, beautiful clamshell case cameras that opened up with a bellows. Yes, yes. The Polaroid yes. 110 A and B, and a company uh, called Four Designs, I believe. Bought millions of these things, modified them for modern pack film. Yes, 
And uh, I used one for years because if you if you shot 35 millimeter on location mm-hmm. and didn't have the capability of doing Polaroids with it, we just pulled that thing out and you had this beautiful mm. three by four inch print to proof your lighting and composition and stuff right. like that. So that's probably what he has. Would you have a Polaroid film that matches the ASA of what you're shooting on 35 just so you could? Well, Kodachrome was strange because it was it was 25 and 64. Yeah. And uh, most of the uh, the Polaroid film was 100 or 200. So no. So you'd have to make a, a third of a stop adjustment here and there. Right. It was 25 and 64. No, 624. Oh, really? Chicago. Chicago. But but we really, we we went on a roll here. We started with Lee. Mm. Lee, San Francisco Bay Bay Area. His blog is called Photographing the Days. That's leelikesphotographyblogspot.com. And uh, he sent us, um, he sent me a correspondence. I'm just going to read the correspondence. Because I asked him how to get all those hits, all those followers. He says that uh, he's, just, he's up to date with all of our podcasts. Thanks, Lee. He's looking forward to the Impossible Project segment. I just recently got a Polaroid One Step for three bucks at a thrift oh store. Oh, my God. First of all, I, I, I've read more than one time I've read online about fellow walks or a girl walks into a Goodwill or a Salvation Army or thrift store and are picking up amazing cameras for three bucks. I've never, I've never encountered that. Maybe because we're in the New York metropolitan area mm. that people do you, snatch. Do you ever them. go to these places? N- n- no, I, I don't. There's one that's real close to you, the one in Pompton Lakes. They get all that store is huge, man. They have cameras. Uh, I'm sure they do, but a friend of mine who's a musician finds all kinds of old uh, analog s- synthesizers for like twenty bucks that sell on eBay for thousands. Right, like Moogs. Uh, yeah, Moog, a realistic, or Moog put out a uh, synthesizer through the Radio Shack company, Realistic. Really? And they sell for about twenty five hundred bucks on eBay. And he got one for twenty bucks. Wow. Or an old MS two hundred Korg. Yep. That you had to use patch cables for. I was uh, actually going to ask Emerson you. style. Boy, today's podcast is like a web of ideas. Everything's just branching out like a web. Then we can we can photograph these synthesizers on film. Well, no, I was really? gonna I was gonna ask John because the last two days personally I'm working on a personal project. It's a film project. I shot in 1989 a feature a feature film on Super 8 Ektachrome and Kodachrome. You did. I did. Was it was there sound with it too? Synced up to sound or just was it, the yeah. there was a magnetic strip on the film for a sound Super 8 camera. Oh my God! So that's so cool. I shot it for my friend, uh, writer director Timothy O'Raw. John was on the shoot twenty yes, years ago, and the film at the time, some of it was shot dark because it's a reversal film, mm-hmm. and the project got abandoned for whatever reason. And only recently, I Tim gave me the film when he moved. He said, "Here you go." Good Has luck. it been processed? Is it processed? It has been. It's been sitting in a closet for twenty years. So as a personal project. I picked it up and I went to Do Art Film and Video in New York City, and they have a a film to transfer machine that transfers that uh, Kodachrome Ektachrome image to videotape. It was shot 20 years ago, and I thought, John, you are the man to do the score because you yeah. shop thrift stores for authentic 1980s keyboards. Yeah, but I never find them. You don't I, have. Any, I need an awful synth score. Oh, I, I have awful synths, but I paid, you know. Well, here's, not thrift shop prices. For here's them. an idea. If there's anybody out there listening who would like to score maybe a segment of this, and you have an authentic, crappy 1980s synth. Right, with the horrible strings and 
horns that go. You know, get in touch with us at filmphotographypodcast at gmail dot com, and uh, that that would be fun. You should post separate um, scenes on on the web somewhere. What is the movie about? First of all, it's a horror film. It's called Basement. It's um, a Tales from the Crypt um, theme type, uh, like a trilogy. Yes, it's a Tales from the Crypt type trilogy where there's a sentinel crypt keeper, sentinel in the beginning where people come in. And they get confronted by the Sentinel to confess their sins. They don't know why they're there. And each person tells their story. And each one ends in horrific doom. So like Joe Walsh's song, The Confessor. Maybe. Uh, If Joe's into it. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe Joe Walsh will do it. Uh, Yeah, sure, I'll do it. Just give me some Jack Daniels. But because (laughs) it kind of all comes together for me because in 2010, I'm shooting almost strictly Kodachrome for the entire year. Because Dwayne's is only not you, Dwayne is only is only uh, processing through December of two thousand. Got one year left, people. One oh, year. I got a whole year to shoot those two roles. And lo and behold, this twenty-year-old motion picture shot on Kodachrome. I'm I'm really stoked. Come on, they, they uh, they'll do it past two thousand ten. No, I don't no. think they will. I don't no. think they will. Why not? Because you have to have specific chemistry. Yeah, but I mean, you see the you showed me their website. They get tons of of stuff every day. Yeah, but they have there's equipment maintenance and upkeep, and I think there's a finite timeline for, you know, keeping that stuff going. I, I think mean, on my blog there's a little YouTube video where they yeah. talk about yeah, they show yeah, it, they, sh- they go in Dwayne, Dwayne's photo. Right. Yeah, it's awesome. You got to see it. Yeah, it's really. Yeah, because you it's like the only place on the in on the face of the earth that does this. That's correct. That's the amazing thing. It's this little town in, where is it? Pennsylvania? Parsons, Kansas. Kansas. Yeah. It's been keeping that town going for... Well, they've been there for for a a long time. I think the gentleman who runs it, I think his dad started the business. Yeah. And I will tell you this. (laughs) What's that? I love Dwayne's photo because I'm shooting 120 now. And sometimes I just want the negative process. I don't want any prints. And I went local. I'm like, ah, you know, Dwayne's takes 10 days. And their prices are fantastic. I love Dwayne just because their name is Dwayne. Exactly. For $3.98, you can get your film processed. It's crazy. It's double that here in New Jersey. It's crazy. Yeah. See, well, what you pay for, you know, in the uh, the speedy pickup of your film. Right. I'd rather wait to get it back. I wait. So Lee from San Francisco Bay Area, his blog, Photographing the Days, yeah. he, he picked up a one-step for three bucks. He's mm. excited about Polaroid film. Yeah. He also says that our podcast is really great. And he goes on to say, haven't been able to listen to any other photography podcasts without falling asleep. Figuratively, of course. You guys are people, not robots. Real robots. live people! Yeah, real life, live Live, 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 live. So keep it up. No, seriously, keep it up. I hate to see podcasts die, especially since it's about film. I recently got into film photography a couple of months ago with a Nikon F601M that someone gave me. I'll definitely give you guys a mention on my blog. Hey, please do. That would be great. Fantastic. His blog, I'm I'm sorry, I may be mistaken. Those may may be film on uh, Lee's blog. Lee, thank you for the letter. Well, um, have them, Lee, write to us and let us know what you're shooting on. Filmphotographypodcast at gmail.com. I, I don't have it attached to this sheet. 
as you know, I say it every every podcast. I com- I've been compulsively collecting film, like buying film. Yeah, my refrigerator is out of control. You need another refrigerator. There's actually a movement in photography for thermally abusing the film to see what happens. Are you aware of that? No. Uh, well, you're taking your film and you're putting it in a refrigerator in order to, to maintain the, the properties of of what film. You know, the good things about it: its speed. It, it's it's color balance and things like that. Some people actually they'll freeze film and then they'll heat it up. Oh. They'll microwave it for thirty seconds. Uh, I just think it's insane to do that. You just you know. But some people they they yeah, claim whatever. to get bizarre and unique results yeah, by exactly. doing exactly. But what does the unique. what does the uh, cold have to do with? The, do they then refreeze it? I don't know what they do. I've never tried it, and I just I, re- I remember reading that you know it's it's just like you're you're thermally like, distressing the film. You have so much film. Put so it, much free time. Put it on and so much free time <laughs> that instead of watching uh, Adam-12 and Dragnet episodes, you should put a couple of rolls of film on top of your furnace overnight. If, you, if you're out there and you're I shooting. think it would fog it. I think excessive yeah. heat okay. fogs okay. would fog the film. Listen, yeah. I know from my one year of intensive shooting that film that I purchased on eBay expired that was not stored mm-hmm. cold. Right. Awful. Yeah. I mean, fogging, awful, fogging, yeah. grain. Yeah, like the like the key to film preservation is the fridge, and I never ever thought that before in the past. Well, I never was. As how about if you, how about if you shoot a roll, <laughs> yes. wind it up, microwave it for thirty seconds, no, I'm not, then no. do double exposure. I'm still working on getting getting to caffeinol development. I had a roll of techni- Kodak Technical Pan. It was a one twenty roll. Yes, and uh, I didn't know it was sitting in this particular spot. And for about five or six years, oh. it was sitting behind a box where sunlight hit it every single day. Hmm. And it said, it was a box, a yellow box, mm-hmm. and it said a technical pan. Now, when I took the film, I said, I'm just going to process it for the heck of it. Oh, it was already shot. No, it was not shot. It oh. was an unused roll of film still in the foil, still in the yellow box, sitting behind something where I never saw it from day to day for five years, and the sunlight would hit it. When I, when I took the film... And actually processed it. Every single roll was blank except for one frame where you could see the words "technical pan" on it. So oh, the heat, so it on the it. heat yeah. from that sun every single day, it just went through the box. It went through the foil, and the heat—not the visible spectrum of light—but the heat actually burned in that word technical pan hmm. to the point where you could process it and see it as an image on the film. So yeah, temperature is really important. Wow. Isn't it, wasn't that wild? That is yeah. really wild. That's just five years and you're talking about like, people keeping film for what, 20 years, 15 years, 10 years? Well, the Kodachrome that I'm shooting, the earliest date has been 1984. Wow. Frozen since... since 25 years. Yeah. And it's, it's a low ASA film, which is better for preservation, but... Perfect. Huh. Perfect. Technical pan. I read an article where there, there was a, an expedition to the summit of Mount Everest before Sir Edmund Hillary did it in the 50s. And the guy had with him one of those Kodak uh, folding cameras. I guess it was, six, it was 620 film. And people were wondering for years. They never found this film. They found evidence of his, his – he died on the mountain. They found clothing and stuff like that. And I think somebody said they actually found the film. So how do you process – film that's been Frozen. exposed but you know never processed since maybe i think it was i don't know the 20s or 30s mm. and i think uh if, if memory serves me they processed the film and they were able to do it because it was frozen wow because right. it was cold you know just the cold preserved that film cold is your friend when yeah you, when you're a roll of film
Lee, I have a, uh, a fridge full of film. You're shooting 35 millimeter. I have no Polaroid right now. Mm. But if you'd like some film, just drop me another, another line at filmphotographypodcast at gmail.com. I'll send you out some samples. And uh, anyone else out there, you, you know, just drop me a line. Say, hey, Mike, send me some film. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. How about, Mike, send me some money? No, I don't have any money. I, I spent it all buying film. <laughs> Want to do one more letter? I have a bunch. Wow, that's a pretty thick uh Yeah, I, I think we'll bundle. have to pick up the pace here. Okay, the next letter is greetings from Latvia. Latvia? Latvia? Yeah. Latvia. Okay, so this is greetings from Latvia. It says, hello, my name is Matisse. Uh, listen, I'm, I'm going to murder your name here. So, you know what? I won't even pronounce the last name. My name is Matisse. Oh, let me see it. And it's a nice... Here we go. May I yeah. give it a shot? Yes, sure. May I read it? May yes. Go ahead. Yeah, that'd be great. Okay. Dwayne knows how to read. Greetings from Latvia. Hello, my name is Matisse Leselnieks. Wow, pretty good. And it's a nice podcast you were doing, and I am really appreciating it. I have been doing black and white photography for some four years now with long intervals, and today finished shooting a roll. I am planning not to buy a digital camera because it will go obsolete and there is like a gazillion settings on it. Yes, there are. Menus. Ugh. Yeah. Though I am saving for a scanner, and after that I probably will buy my own developing tank and chemicals. P.S. It would be nice if you could give some critiques of my photos. And he gives his uh, his address, flickr.com, slash photos, slash M-A-T-I-S-S. Let's do Should this. we look at it? No, let's do it next time. Oh, okay. Okay. We'll do it next time. Yeah. Yeah, we'll do it next time. Okay. Well, that's awful nice. And that is very true. One of the things that uh, it turns a lot of people off from digital cameras is the fact that there's this built-in obsolescence. Well, it's mm. built-in. It's just nature of the beast that, that sensors every six months get better and cheaper. So you right, spend yeah. a lot of money on something, and then six months later, well, you know, there's something new out there that, that's right. apparently better. I think I'm going to add uh, – I think I'm going to ask uh, – I think I'm going to uh, an addendum to my free film offer. So you, should, you should send us a letter and tell us a little bit about what you're doing. Right. What yeah. you're doing, what are you shooting with, what are your experiences, uh, where's your, your photography, is it online where we could see it? No, we're not just blindly sell, giving them something that they may not necessarily be selling. Yeah, I, I, because this is very, very nice of Matisse to send me this letter, tell us what he's doing, and there's a uh, piece of paper stapled to this that I responded to him, and I'm sending him a... Uh, some 35 millimeter film to shoot. So, thanks for the letter. You're sending it to Lafayette? Right. Yeah. Oh. Well, you should also add an addendum that people post uh, the photos that they take with your film, no? Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah. If, if we're any film that the podcast is sending out, if you could post in the film photography podcast gallery at Flickr, that would be amazing. Yeah, keep it, keep the yeah. love going. Um, Alternative Cinema is one of our sponsors, it's the studio where I work. And my big thanks to Alternative Cinema because I use their shipping room to send the film out. We They ship DVD products out every day. That's They're nice. good people. That's nice of yeah. you, of them. Yes, it is. Next letter is from Jason. And uh, why don't you read it, Dwayne? You do a great job. Well, thank you. He's got that voice, that perfect uh, letter-reading voice. This is from Jason Branco. Just wanted to say that I stumbled upon your podcast today, and it's great. I found you guys through Flickr, and it is really refreshing to hear a podcast about film photography. I recently started shooting, developing, and scanning my own film and greatly enjoy it. So please continue with the podcast. It is definitely appreciated, Jason. Cool. I wonder how old Jason is. I don't know. What's the, is that uh, my I response just, uh, to him? I'm uh, wondering if it's uh, younger people that are getting into this. It would be yeah. interesting to know. It's oh, a, you asked Jason if he would like some color film to test. 
I'm sending. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sending him some colors film to test. John, to answer your question, I think that the uh, first gentleman, Lee, mm. I think he's in high school. Well, yeah, you can tell and by his photos. He's very young. Some of these other folks that sent letters, I went on Flickr and I, I saw their profiles. Yeah. They seem to be 30s and 40s and mm-hmm. early 50s. So, uh, next letter is from Tom Chamberlain. Tom, why don't you read this one, Dwayne? Can I TC. read one? John, do you want to read this one? No, I don't want to read it. Okay. I can't see for nothing anymore. This is from Tom Chamberlain. Thanks for the camera. I'm a long-time film photography enthusiast, and while listening to the episode three on my my housemate, walks over to my desk where I am working and asked, what was I listening to? I explained it was your podcast and tells me to hold on a minute and comes back three minutes later and hands me an old camera bag with a Pentax K1000. Serial number... Serial number dates to the late 70s with a Tokina 80 to 200 zoom lens. The shutter fires and the meter still works. And there is an old roll of Kodak Gold 1980s packaging. So thanks for the camera. That's Tom Chamberlain from Boulder, Colorado. So he was sort of our first giveaway. Right. First film. Indirectly. Indirectly won a camera through the podcast. Yes. Here is a letter that is... Big letter. Well, I'll try Big to get through letter. it. It's from uh, David, and he says, uh, you guys have a cool podcast. I just listened to your November 09 podcast. There were a few times during the podcast where I wanted to interject some use- useful info. Hmm. Last I heard, 30% of the professional market is still shooting film, and according to a 0607 article found online, 75% of photographers still regularly shoot film. I heard a while back that after the digital revolution was... That within a few years, the fluctuation of film sales of two and a fourth stabilized and haven't changed much. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> You're just rambling. Um. <laughs> two and the four, and then the five came in and said hi and sat down, and six percent said no. <laughs> Ilford is dedicated to maintaining their production of black and white roll. And sheet film. That's good. They, and they even, very much are, yeah. And even sensitized glass plates for scientific purposes for the life of their company and will not really? be going anywhere, dot, 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 ever. Well, I don't know about ever, but I'm with you so far. From my experience, and using both digital and film photography, even if I wanted to shoot nothing but film, I would lose work because the turnaround time for jobs. Yeah, we discussed yeah. this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The interesting thing, however, is that... Oh, here we go. The interesting thing he goes on to say is that he said it is cheaper for me to shoot digital. I think we had a discussion saying yeah. it's cheaper to shoot film. But uh-huh. for David's experience, he's saying it's cheaper, cheaper to shoot digital. He's saying the cost of computer software, multiple means of storage, and archiving is cheaper than film processing, negative retouching, custom printing, and proofing cost. Uh-huh. I still shoot the same amount of frames per job now as I did when I shot only film. And 100% of the color management is in my hands. Mm -hmm. Uh, 2,500 frames on a digital camera comes out of a hell of a lot cheaper than if it were 70 rolls of Portra. Well, we were discussing this earlier that for commercial purposes, you almost have to shoot digital film. and um, Digital film, yeah. Digital (laughs) cameras. And the purpose of a film photography is more like a personal choice for personal expression and fun. Right. So I think that line's already been drawn. So yeah, I agree with him. I mean, you although know. if you could talk people into the the, the the film, I don't know. I'm not in the industry, but if you could talk, make it a uh, what do you call it? A choice rather than shooting digital photography. 
That would be interesting. I don't think they would go for it, though, because no. you're talking about a workflow and a time frame and a turnaround time that's already so... Well, what, what is Annie Leibovitz's uh Oh, no, not Annie around. Leibovitz again. She's oh, a, con- she's a contact... Bankrupt. A contact... <laughs> no. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm just <laughs> bank- Annie Leibovitz... <laughs> bankrupt. Uh, no, she oh. settled that deal. That's, that's well, a done deal. Well, just because she's a great photographer, it doesn't mean she knows how to manage she her life. digital. Yeah, she's she a, con- a contact. Yeah. Contact six forty-five really? yeah. digital back. Oh shit! Three, three of my. We'll mention this now. Three of my favorite landscape photographers in the world. I just found out. Shoot. Uh, Ansel photo- Adams. No. No, Jack Dike. Jack Dykinga, who's a photographer for Arizona Highways. David Munch, who's a, just a legendary color photographer, and uh, Tom Till, who's a color photographer in uh, Utah, oh. who traditionally use four by five view cameras with film. All three of them just within the past year. Are using uh, oh, digital cameras. I was cameras also now. reading about um, Joe uh, Joe uh, Joe Mama. <laughs> Joe who? Joe. Joe Mama. Joe Mama uses digital. Sure. <laughs> uh, David goes on to say that I did want to ask your opinion on the new Kodak Ektar and the blue layer that seems to be either oversensitized or the film overall is extremely sensitive to anything over five thousand K. In my experience. In the open shade, the new Ektar is great. In open sun, everything leans blue. Uh, he wants to know if we had similar results. And maybe this is worth earmarking, and I'll shoot some Ektar. Well, we had a conversation with the rep from Kodak at the Photo District uh, News trade show. And he said that he wanted to optimize this film for 120% of reality, meaning that it's uh, if you're going to quantify whatever saturation is, it's 25% above and beyond what the human eye sees. And I think when you do something like that, there's always going to be a color bias in one direction or another. It's very difficult to get all the uh, you know, red, green, and blue sensitivity all in the same plane. Right. So, yeah, that's very possible that under certain conditions of lighting and certain conditions of exposure, the film is going to give you a color bias in one direction. Because you know, ne- ne- nothing's ever equal with film. You right. Kodachrome always had a bit of a red bias. And, yeah, I believe... Uh, it's quite possible Ektar might have a blue bias under certain uh, color yeah, conditions. I, I, I've never used it, but yeah. you know, it's it's definitely a possibility, and something like that's always to be expected. Mm. Always. Isn't that a bit of a conundrum, though? <clears throat> if this film can see 25% greater than the human eye, even when you're looking at a print of it, can you still decipher that extra 25%? No, because when you're when you're printing something, you're, you're incorporating your own level of saturation to the printing process, and you can either accentuate it or deaccentuate it. So it's really sort of strange to make a color negative film hmm. uh, have added saturation. Transparency film, yes, because transparency film is sort of like a finished product. You know, you're putting it on a light box. There it is. Right. But a negative film, you have to print it right. to see a finished product. Mm-hmm. And when you're doing that, you're adding in another step of creativity interpretation. So mm-hmm. it's sort of strange that they would do that. But I guess they, they tailored that film to be printed by, uh, by mass market printing oh. or whatever. You know, Here's my Actar film printed for me. Right. And they wanted to give it a little more punch, I guess, to – Would you say that some shops – like if you go to Unique Photo in New, New Jersey, you'll notice that their, their uh, film processing counter – has a huge Fuji banner. Would you say that they're they're calibrated for Fuji film? And if you bring some Kodak film like Ektar, you might be effed, so to speak. Sure, because I think all those machines can be calibrated uh, to different tolerances for different things. Yeah. So I mean, you know, I don't think you punch in brand. Right. I think, but I think you there's certain uh, certain I don't know exactly all the chemistry involved, but yeah, I think you can calibrate it hmm. for one thing or another. Right. Well, David, thank you for your letter. And uh, I, I haven't. I'm, I'm too busy shooting 
Kodachrome to shoot Ektar this year. <laughs> it's an amazing film. Ektar is, yeah. uh, it always has been the, the finest grain, highest line per millimeter resolution color negative yeah. film out there. But if I could squeeze a few rolls in, I'm going to shoot in the shade and then shoot in the direct sunlight and see what I get on my uh, oh. Epson V700, which we'll be discussing a little bit later. Next letter. Thank you for the letter. Yeah, thanks. Okay, why don't you read this one? Your show, and this is from Dieter Zakis. Dear Michael, Dwayne, and John, I recently came across your podcast, and I must say I love it. It's especially neat that it's put out by guys also from New Jersey. Yo. Hey, what's up? Hey, forget about it. As a self, and the word has been erased, along with Ted Forbes' The Art of Photography, it is a refreshing alternative to the other photography podcasts that not only emphasize dig podcasts. Some of the words here have been eliminated. Emphasize digital podcast criteria. It seems film is all but extinct. I was amused to hear mention of Unique Photo as my girlfriend had for about a year worked for them and hmm. when they were still in Florham Park. Eagerly awaiting your next episode, Dieter Zakis from Randolph. All right. Nice. Oh, Randolph, yeah. Hey. Randolph, New Jersey. It's, and Mike uh, responded, our film Psycho Sisters was shot in Randolph, New Jersey. That's right. Which, Dwayne, you, you were on and John was on that set. That's right. when I first met you two guys in 96. Yeah. J.J. Uh, North. And Theresa Lynn. Theresa Lynn, who at the time was dating the lead singer from the band Rainbow. <laughs> like a rainbow in the jar. You remember that band Rainbow? Yeah, yeah, of course. That was her boyfriend. Yeah, no I met him. Did he sing uh, Highway Star? Nobody's gonna be back. He had the most amazing. Uh, this is a side note. I'm a glamour photographer, and I did some shots of uh, Theresa Lynn from this film for Femme Fatale magazine. And I went to her apartment in, in uh, Jersey City to shoot her, and her boyfriend was the lead singer from the band Rainbow, and he had the most was amazing he... head of hair I'd ever yeah. seen on a man oh, hair, in my hair life. He was a, I mean, you know, I just looked at him like, that's got to be. Did you want to touch it and smell it? I did, and he smacked me. Oh, no. well. Was his name Joe Lynn Turner? Yes. Okay. Now I remember. That's him. Sure. His name was Jolyn Turner? Jolyn Turner. Yeah. yeah, we met him. Yeah. At uh, Pamela Kramer's house. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Psycho Sisters is on DVD, Amazon.com, if you want to see a feature film shot in Randolph, New Jersey. Thanks, thanks. for the letter. Yeah, Thank thanks. you. Special thanks to our webmaster, Greg Dumont, and his KillerReviews.com website. Check it out, KillerReviews.com. It's a movie lover's site, B-movie lover's site. If you are into B-movies and movies, check out KillerReviews.com and Greg's podcast. Jimmy, are you okay? Well, Mom, I'm looking at all these horror sites, but I want one that kills. Killer Reviews is the place to be for horror, science fiction, and fantasy. Killer Reviews. I'll be right back. Reviews, interviews, a killer podcast in a form for freaks like killer reviews. So there you have it, Jimmy. Killerreviews.com has everything you need. Jimmy? Jimmy? Jimmy! Special thanks also to Alternative Cinema, and that's at alternativecinema.com. Thanks. That, uh, that's a letter segment. What do we need to get into next bef- before we get, like, before we know it'll be like, oh, my God, we're two hours. Let's we look at s- the photos. Book of the month real quick. Yeah. B- b- oh, Dwayne, okay. take it away. I collect photography books. It's a passion bordering on an addiction. 
like and, my like my film addiction. Like your film addiction. And if you uh, I just you know, I thank God for eBay every day because there are so many books out there that I was heretofore unable to find. And there was a great place in New York City that is no longer in existence called a photographer's place, and it was on oh. Mercer Street. Oh. Uh, in between Houston and Canal Street. And you would walk in this place and there was just like a museum of photography books. But they were very expensive. I mean, you know, you'd see books there that were two, three hundred bucks because they were out of print. And uh, with the internet, of course, Amazon and eBay, these books have come down in price because people are, you know, cleaning out the garages and attics and finding these things and selling them. And I take advantage of it. And the book uh, is, I want to just briefly mention, is by a photographer who is a glamour photographer, fine art photographer. Uh, his name is Jeff Dunas. And uh, he published three magnificent books in the 1980s. One of them is called Voyeur. Another one is called Mademoiselle. And uh, I forget the third one. Anyway, I found it on eBay. And... Uh, it's got pictures, they're nudes, and they're very 1980s in terms of styling and stuff like that. But it's just an elegantly done book, and it was all shot on Kodachrome, which is oh. a cool thing. Uh, if you look in the back, you see all the thumbnails of the images, and it says Kodachrome 64, Kodachrome 25, Kodachrome 64. And there's a definite sort of uh, an 80s look to it that I really like. Uh, most glamour photography these days is, you know, there's a lot of post-processing done. Yes. And I have to do it too. Yes. You know, you, you have to add... Put in high dynamic range software plugins and. Do you think there's any any uh, Do you think there's any like um, airbrushing done on his? Work? There might have been. I mean, I look at some of these and I, I it just looks like none was done. You know, there's imperfections and all. Yeah. But uh, so so much of the uh, the artistry that was involved in producing these images back then was done in camera in terms of posing and lighting and mm -hmm. and everything uh, and. Uh, so yeah, these are stunning shots. Yeah, they're beautiful. They're very artistic. They're they're not they're not pornographic or they're not lewd or anything. It's just uh, beautiful models done in, in very uh, kind of subtly sexy environments. A lot of them are shot in Europe, and Jeff Dunas is a legend in in the art world and nude photography. There's a is it Art Basel in uh or there's a there's a show and a convention in Florida every year that's for the art community, the art photography community. I've never been down there. I've always wanted to go to it. But he's a judge in a lot of these things, and I've never met the man, but I've been a fan of his work. So um, if you really like film photography and you like Kodachrome, uh, Jeff Dunas is a guy who published several books in the 80s, and he used this, this medium, and uh, there's some beautiful work. So I was so psyched to get this book. I've been, I've been looking at it for looking for it for years, and it was ridiculously expensive, as high as ninety dollars. And I think I got it for like twenty. It's a beautiful hardcover book that slips into another hardcover case. Yes, slip cased. Slip cased. Oh, it's so hot. Coffee. Right. This is like a coffee table book right. to Love. put on display at you know in your home. I could look at this all day. It's great. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you. Let me ask you while I see this photo, what? How many stops? This this one photo looks very hot with the highlights, mm -hmm. but it's held up well. How many stops do you think above uh, exposure level, a proper exposure level, that Kodachrome holds all the information? Kodachrome was a film that had a very narrow exposure latitude. I mean, you're talking really? about maybe four stops. So oh. if you didn't, you know, if, you, if something had to give, either the shadows had to go black or the... Uh, or the yeah. highlights were blown out. So if you look clear. at this picture, we're looking at a photograph of a girl. Heavily she, backlit. Heavily backlit. And the highlights are completely blown out. Yeah. And she's even kind of dark. Mm -hmm. So if he even gave more exposure to this picture to bring up... It would the, blow out. The, completely blow out more. all the detail. But it's kind of a nice effect. I mean, it has a kind of... Can a, I see? Yeah, sure. 
it has a look about it that's uh, oh. you know it's very 80s because mm-hmm. yeah, oh, seems to, that seems to be at least four stops above it's, it's you know it's almost white those, those yeah. highlights are almost white that's what I love about I mean you look at old uh, penthouse images from penthouse magazine and from Playboy very, in the um, 1980s and it's before people did things to them on the computer right very uh, fuzzy images not fuzzy but I guess what's the word um, soft focus moody this might have been soft yeah. focus filter we don't know might have been there's no telltale halos around but, the highlights, though, but you yeah. might have used some sort of diffusion. The beauty of it is that all the tricks of the trade were done in camera. In camera. Yeah. In camera. It's, that, it's, that's what yeah. I learned on in the 80s. Yeah. You do it in camera, you know, and yeah. uh, and Jeff was certainly a master of that. Yeah. And he's still around. I, he did, he's doing a book now I, I recently saw on blues photography. I don't know if he shoots nudes anymore, but... Uh, that's a great book, and uh, before this podcast goes live on January 15th, I'm going to... Grab my copy of that book on eBay. <laughs> they go for a lot, some of them. Some of them go for like really? 70, 80 bucks. Well, that's another lost art, too, the way that this book is packaged. Oh, it's gorgeous. Because it's in a slipcase. Canvas. And, uh, yeah, the, the cover oh. is you know, was, soft to the touch and embedded uh, title. It, it was a different time. Yeah. You know, no one had a, a personal PC to look at photography back in 1984 yeah. or whenever that was published. Do you ever think that this uh, will go out of style, that people will, will not want to hold things? I anymore. personally do not think it will. I think it's a specialized thing, but there are still high-end bookmakers out there. Yes, I mean, you know, for people who really like. I mean, there, there's there's something nice about just mm-hmm. take. I mean, especially for people who work on a computer all day long. Mm-hmm. I don't think you want to go home and still look at a computer screen. So there's a there's a certain level of appreciation. Yeah, it's of nice. just sitting in a chair with a light exactly. on, looking, looking at a magazine or looking right. at a book. I don't a think that'll ever. Coffee. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Look exactly. Book. Sure. Did Did we cover the uh, the Polaroid? We we. We pretty much covered that topic already. Well, insofar as that, I saw that the thing in the magazine, right. you know. And again, is it rumor? Is it is it fact? I don't know. Right. Well, we'll find out. We'll find won't out. We? But yeah. I mean, this is the year it's supposed to come back. This is the year. This is the year, 2010, right. where it's supposed to happen. So if it gets to the end of this year, and it's not happening, I'm curious if there's going to be a marketing push, you know, sort of like a Lomo marketing, a Lomo type there, there marketing push to. Uh, college-aged students, you know, for this type of photography. Well, the cool thing is, I think, digital photography really, really kicked in after the millennium, you know. Right. And uh, meaning there's a whole generation of younger people, whether they're amateurs or they're going to film school, who have never, ever, ever shot film. Mm -hmm. And and wouldn't you be fascinated with, oh, you mean I can get a print in 30 seconds? Right. Yeah. You know, so I think there's definitely a market for it. Do you want to discuss scanning, or do you want to wait on scanning? We should get to the photos. Okay. Okay. We could, I'll talk about scanning for five minutes or so after this, okay. and then get into it really, because there's a lot I wanted to talk about. Okay. Let's do that the photos. That sounds like a whole episode in itself. Let's go to the um, Film Photography Podcast Gallery on Flickr. Uh, we gave you the URL before, but uh, people tuning in, <laughs> like this is a radio show, for people just tuning in... You would go to flickr.com forward slash photos forward slash Michael Rosso, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-R-A-S-O, forward slash galleries, forward slash 721576. That's it? Yep. Or you can just go to my Flickr page, Michael Rosso. It's called Michael Rosso Film Photography, and there's a button up top that says galleries, and you pick the Film Photography Podcast Gallery for January 15th. Dwayne, you can see John's screen. Yes, I can. These are images that photographers 
I would guess both both professional, semi-pro and pro photographers have uh, shared with us by putting them as part of our pool in our Flickr group. I went through and picked out 18 images, and anything that kind of struck me, I uh, clicked on and added to this gallery and made some comments or carried over the comments from the actual photographers. And the first image is from Kristen Karch, and it is a... What struck me about Kristen's shot is that it's a great shot, and it's shot with what she calls a crappy 35-millimeter camera. Mm-hmm. Now, did she shoot this underwater, or, or is this a pool with a pane of glass with a window? Uh, in it? Hmm. I think that she bought a crappy 35 millimeter underwater camera. Yeah, they sell though; they're like a right. novelty item. I shot one on my honeymoon. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> I like this. I love this picture. I simply love it. You know, there's a lot of underwater photography now that is done that's really super stylized. Like uh, Howard Schatz did a book called Water Dance. And what's really nice about this is that it's an underwater picture, and it's sort of, a, I guess, a, just a snapshot of a girl, you know, underwater, and she's doing kind of a gymnastic pose, and you can see the water bubbles. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you can also see a dead body floating in the background. <laughs> I didn't notice that. that before. Maybe this is a much bigger story than we know. Yeah. Is that a porpoise? No, it yeah. looks like a floating body. But anyway, following the whole sort of uh, lomographic. Yeah, exactly. I like it. I like it because it's sort of it's a shoot from the hip, but it's underwater. Right, yeah. And you don't need a Holga or a Diana to be part of the Lomo movement. You could get a literally. You can get a camera on eBay for one dollar. Hmm. And it's funny she calls them. You know, I think she said this. You know, crappy thirty-five millimeter camera because the the eBay sellers that sell a dollar camera, they usually post it as crappy thirty-five millimeter camera. Is that right? Because it's just. The simplest camera in the world with a fixed shutter and fixed uh, focal length, focal length fixed, fixed f-stop. It's usually f11 yeah. at like 125th of a second. Mm. They have the same characteristics of some of these plastic lens, you know, high-ticket uh, Holga cameras and, and Diana cameras. And there's, there's a, also a, uh, a camera called a Vivitar Ultra Wide and Slim. That's a plastic camera that would retail somewhere i guess 15 to 20 bucks hmm. ultra wide and slim for the swingers out there and it is so popular ultra wide and slim for the swingers out there that that's good thank you it's so popular that's 50 bucks on ebay 50 right. bucks what yeah. year was it made uh, a few a few years ago and it's discontinued by vivitar and now uh, a company called superheads superheads <laughs> makes a, a knockoff of it Superheads. It's still about 25, 25, 30 bucks. Wow. But the thing is, you, you get the same characteristics from this crap cam, 35 millimeter dollar camera. Hmm. And Kristen, this, this is an amazing, striking image, and I love yeah. it. Kristen, you could sell that and make big bucks with it. Really? really? Oh, come on. That's a that's a great stock image. It is. It you, is. Could, that, you could picture that as being an ad for a... Uh, Bubblegum. Bubblegum or for, or like, oh, I don't even know what that meant. Like a tourist, a touristy picture in Jamaica or something like that. I'm Come to you. Jamaica, blow bubbles out your nose, man, underwater. Yeah. Next oh, shot is. We're not uh, doing this for commerce, we're doing it for sharing. This is a nice yes. photo, black and white image. Oh, it's beautiful. Next shot is by Adam.in.nyc. Adam in NYC. Again, like, it could be a beautiful, beautiful stock picture mm-hmm. uh, for people, uh, I don't know. Shopping or just tourism or something. I mean, I, I love it because it's almost cinematic to me. It's almost yes. like yeah. you know, Last Man on Earth kind of thing. It's like 
It's backlit. The street is wet. It's, it's well, just it's just great. And strength. he shot into the sun, and he got that starburst right. effect. Yeah, I think it perfectly um, captures a after the snow type day in New York. Yeah, you know, the sun is glistening off the street. There's sloppy stuff all over the sidewalk. You got to walk in the middle of the road if you don't want to slip and fall on your butt. Now, if you look close, Dwayne, you'll see that. What I love, I love when photographers give some information about the shot. This was shot on Lexington Avenue. With a J, Dwayne, if you go over the camera and the Voigtlander Bessa R2A Ilford Delta 400, rated at 800 ASA, developed in Ilfosol 3. Yes, you familiar with that? Yeah, it's an Ilford developer. Yeah, drink that all the time. <laughs> so I, I always appreciate technical information because it kind of I love the shot, and then I can kind of figure out you mm-hmm. know the, how we got it. Right. <laughs> Adam's website is uh, there's a link here for Adam's website. Voigtlanders have a cult, cult following. Is that right? Oh my goodness, almost as almost as bad as Leica, or huh. as good as Leica, depending upon if you think a cult following is a good thing. What's uh, Adam's website there, John? It's adamgarlic.com. Spell G-A-R-E-L-I-C-K.com. that. G a r e l i c k dot com. And Adam, a that's link. a beautiful picture. There's a link on the uh, yes on the fo- on the Thanks, gallery Adam. page. Next shot. Well, the next two shots are nice. Well, the next shot is a film supermarket in Japan. It's crazy. This is John R. Beck's shot. I, sh- I buy and I shoot film, of course, and my refrigerator doesn't quite look like this. <laughs> but when I saw this, it reminded me of, you know, the massive supermarkets we have in the United States. Mm-hmm. You know, sort of like a meat, you a know, meat a, meat a meat case. Or dairy case. A dairy case. A whole a dairy case. aisle. There's boxes of film on hooks. <laughs> no, it's like a dairy case, and there's there's many 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 green boxes and a couple of yellow ones. Why? Because Fuji's from Japan. Fuji, hey, right. Hey, I think this is fantastic, and I always yeah. like little slices of life from somewhere else in the world. Pretty crazy. And uh, John says, "Who says film is dead?" Mm-hmm. And you're not kidding. You're not kidding. So uh, thanks, John. Next shot is a shot of the exterior of Dwayne's photo in Parsons, Kansas. That's Dwayne's photo? Rusted. Woo! <laughs> You're kidding me. Very unassuming. It looks like a... It's a shed. It's like a shed. It's a tin <laughs> shed. <laughs> looks like, like tin a... Tin roof. Rusted. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> it looks sort of like a... I don't know, like a VFW post somewhere, doesn't yeah. it? It's exactly what it looks yeah. like. And this is from uh, the the Got a hand- drive-in window there. Does it? Yes, it does. Yes, look at that. The the handle is a digital idiot. Digital idiot is a uh, a um, Flickr member. This he, is Kansas. He and he says, uh, oh, the gentleman's name is Gordon Huggins. He says, I pass this place on the work to and from work every day, and I'm sort of jealous. <laughs> I would like to pass to and back and forth to Dwayne's photo every it's day. It's a mythical place for you. It is a mythical pe- place for me. And now. <laughs> It's mythical for people all in the whole world now. Now, right? and this guy, did this guy ever think that this would happen to him? Probably not. All eyes <laughs> on Dwayne's photo means. in Parsons, Kansas. Yes, I want to visit Dwayne's photo. We and should, for my we life, have a road trip. I've, I've been searching for someone who I could look up to with the name Dwayne. Yeah. Because what were my choices? Dwayne Allman <laughs> or yeah. Dwayne from uh, What's Happening? What's Happening? John, or, here's what if we re- you know did it like. Old school style, like we did in the 90s. Get in the car we, with a video camera. We rent a van, 
We get in the van, us three, and we drive to Dwayne's. We should do that. Yeah, but in the summer. No, right no, now. No, during <laughs> tornado season, we should go there. We've got a bag of pretzels. <laughs> and a dream. A dream. You know what? Let's, ear, let's, let's earmark that. All right. Earmark. Next. Why it's, drive there? Because it's, it's cheap? No, because we'd have a fun, fun road trip. Yeah, all the photos you would take on the on the road there. Come we on. we bring the computer. We do a podcast like every you know few from dozen a different miles, state, different state. Do a little segment. Oh, get to Dwayne's and do a. You guys used to do that. Yeah. Well, not podcast, but we would go to where we go to. We went to um, Minnesota. We went to Minnesota. And you guys drove to Minnesota. Uh. John and I used to produce a uh, nice. local TV show in, in New Texas, Jersey we called Meadowland Showcase. I, I, I know about that. And one year, we entered it in a in a contest. We and, won major awards. And we, we won this contest in Minnesota. So I, I didn't know that. Me, myself, John, and our friend Trackman, and uh, maybe a bad Rosa. You know, one trip a bad went. We rented a van and we hopped in the van with a video camera and we drove to Minnesota. Well, the first year we went to Texas. We took a plane to Dallas. Texas. Oh, did we? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And, then and what did you do once you got to Minnesota? Turned well, around and came Not back. much. <laughs> no, they had a presentation. They gave us an award. They screened a clip of our... Really? Of our, uh, it was really more about the happening. Than, yeah, definitely. You know. I spent a lot of time in Minnesota. You did? My father was from St. Paul. Yeah. Oh, Okay. It was just an excuse to get the hell out of Jersey. Yeah. Well, road trips are fun. Yeah. yeah. No so doubt. if we had a goal, like to get to Dwayne's photo to see how they process Kodachrome, well, we should do that. You only have a year to do it. Yeah. When it gets warm, maybe. Yeah. You should go. Uh, you should go right when they stop processing and take the, the sign. last roll. But take we, the sign. Would you be able to get away for that for a little time? Probably not. Maybe. Uh, you can Skype me in. It wouldn't be as fun without us. No, three. you got to come, uh, man. I would love yeah. to. Yeah. And next, okay, let's go to the next if, one. If just Mike line, what would be like, I wish John was here. For like 20. <laughs> yeah, me too. I wish John was here. What's he doing? Let's give him a call. Okay, next is a Lance Rothstein image from what we discussed previous, which is his project. Uh, photo crossing. Photo crossing project. This is one of the images. It looks to me like, is this a pile of potatoes? Uh, it looks like some kind of root vegetable. Yeah. After a harvest. But look, look at this image. Right. Look at the trees in the it's background. Awesome. It's awesome. That's a great image. Yeah, it's classic looking, you know. And it brown. has that SX70 kind of Polaroid kind of color palette. Yes, it does. We, we had this discussion before. It's sort of like almost muted. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Color, very pastel. I'm not sure if the image is expired, if it's <coughs> expired film he's using. But there's um, a link to my blog, which we, were, we already discussed, uh, which showcases Lance's work. So next image. Is also from Lance. This is shot on film, and this is a street shot, and it's just a classic shot of a cat in a window. Some classic shots just really strike me, hit me hard, like you know, a cat in a window on a book. <laughs> it's just it's a real slice of life. <laughs> yes, it is. And he gives some uh, very detailed information of uh, what he shot this on. Maybe Dwayne, take a look. Expired film, only four months expired or six months expired. That's just stuff I've never heard of. Zenit Automat. Maybe it's, it looks Russian, don't you think? Yeah. Automat. Yeah, and then there's some Russian type. Vodka. Lance is in Belgium. Vodka. And he scanned this on the HP Scanjet G4050. Nice scanner there. Next yeah. up nice, is nice the uh, shot from uh, Jason Mooseprat. Sprockets. Sprockets. Now, how, how did he get the sprockets in the shot like that? Well, the, uh, you just you just printed it like that. Yeah, way. Jason, thank over, you. This is when I take a little segue in here. 
Um, there's a few different ways to shoot and actually get your, your image on the entire piece of film. Mm-hmm. One way is to load 35 millimeter film into a one, 120 or 620 camera. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other way is, um, I know Jason and I, we both uh, crack open 126 cartridges. Mm-hmm. And when you crack open the cartridge, it's like a little masking area where you can just clip the plastic so that you load the 35mm film into the 126 cartridge, so the exposed part includes the sprockets. Oh. And You've also, removed the mask that the light actually hits that whole piece of film. Yeah. Oh. And for the 120 film enthusiasts out there who want to shoot 35mm, by the way, I loaded the 35mm into a 120 camera in a film-changing bag in the dark. So I had to take the film out of the 35mm magazine, hand roll it to a 120 film spool, then load the spool into the camera, load the camera, close the camera, tape the red circle area on the back of a 120 camera, shoot the roll. I figured out that three turns is the amount of turns to expose your next shot. Shot it, went back in the film bag, mm-hmm. rolled the film, put it in a little 35 millimeter canister that was not light, you know, see-through, was not see-through, and then sent it to Dwayne's. And then woke up and realized it was all a dream. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a bit of a task, so I explored, really? I explored online, and I found something called Sprocket Hole Revolution. Sprockets! Sprockets! And this is a company that has a website. They also have a Flickr group, and they also sell on eBay and on their own site. And they will sell you... Sprockets! Sprockets! For ten dollars plus like seven dollars shipping. Brockets. So you're spending like you're dropping like eighteen bucks on an adapter to go to put on your thirty-five millimeter cartridge. Here's the adapter. Huh. Number one, remove adapter from package and insert into ends of a thirty-five millimeter cartridge. Number two, mount thirty-five millimeter cartridge and adapter assembly into spool studs, secure end of film into take up spool, close camera and take photos. How easy could that be? Sprockets, sprockets. It's great. It's so easy. You can have done, somebody come and do it for you. It'll be easier. When you're, when you're done, you just need a dark room or film changing bag just to take the 35 millimeter cartridge out and roll it back into its its magazine. I'm glad people do this because I'm really sick of that Photoshop bogus sprocket hole template that everybody uses to make <clears> it seem like they did shoot. Film? Yeah, those little jokes. This looks fake. You know what, Dwayne? I'm not even... I'm so into in-camera effects and film photography right now that I'm not even acknowledging or registering. My brain doesn't even register the fact that people are doing that. Well, I look at a lot of it, so for me... Can you tell if it's real or fake? Well, if you look at enough photos of where people have used Uh, that, uh, what you see, it's too perfect looking. You know, there's a lot of, like... Uh, if there's some sort of uh, in- symmetry symmetry or indentation in a given sprocket hole, you'll see it repeated over and over again. Mm. Whereas if you see an actual piece of film that was photographed in this manner, there are irregularities, and the irregularities are what makes it unique. Right. So, yeah, you can definitely tell the difference. Right. And I get, I get sick of that bogus perfection, you know. It's just like yeah. – I use right. Photoshop for exposure. Green reduction or all? No. 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 Just exposure – and occasionally I'll tweak color a little bit if, like, I'm if I'm scanning a slide or an older slide or an older picture, I'll do a little color correction. But otherwise, I'm really trying to stick to quote unquote 
purist. Let, course, letting the film say what it was supposed yeah. to say, yeah. I understand, yeah. sure. So Sprocket Hole Revolution, if you want to... Sprockets! Sprocket! I've tested it. I have a 620 Sprocket Hole adapter. Sprocket! And... <laughs> Sprocket hole. And I have a one now a one twenty sprocket hole adapter. Now when you get Sprocket after hole. you drop your eighteen bucks, when you get this, you're gonna be disappointed like me. Because it's tiny. It's it looks like nothing much. Yeah. It looks like earplugs. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't it? This is a uh, this is a five cent item. Let's be let's be honest here. But it's highly practical. You could do this yourself if you're like industrious. Uh, yes. But this guy's gotta make a buck, so and it's I worth it, right? Is I, it worth eighteen bucks? Well, I don't know about that. No, but. Well, for convenience, yes, and I want to support them. The first uh, adapter I ordered directly from their site was for 620 to 35 millimeter, and it took too long to ship to me. Mm. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying it took a little long. The second set I bought from them but on eBay. And the reason I did that because eBay has policies that you have – I mean they just have to ship right. fast. Otherwise, you get bad ratings. Yes. So it was like a buck cheaper, too. So I highly recommend going to eBay and typing in Sprocket Hole Revolution, and you'll find their products. Also, please be aware that the 35mm canister is not going to fit into every camera. I have a, a, a Kodak Brownie Target 620 camera. It's a box camera, and the cartridge is not going to fit. It's too, the 35mm cartridge is too, too big. Uh, too big. But it does fit in my uh, Yashica A. And that's what I'm going to be. I just got this today, guys. Wow. Just today. <laughs> so excited for you. So it, it's a nice little teeny tiny little bag, and it's got two little plugs in it, and it's got some instructions. And Yeah. I also find that Sprocket Hole Revolution, not the company, just the whole revolution of shooting this Sprockets. way. Sprockets. Sometimes. Sprocket Hole. Sometimes I'll crop the image regular. Sometimes it, do- yeah. sometimes it doesn't work for every image. Yeah, it's too much of a good thing if you, you know. It's real popular with people photography. Like uh, yes. in magazines and stuff where they do a full-page bleed and they put the uh... – and the, the funny thing is I saw – this is – I'm not making this up. I saw an article. I think it was Digital Photo Pro Magazine. Mm-hmm. Digital, Digital Photo Pro Magazine. Mm-hmm. Articles and portfolios of photographers who use digital equipment mm-hmm. and then they put the bogus film edge and it said Kodak. A Kodak huh. EPR on oh. it. Yeah, okay. Do you think people are not going to know that EPR means ectochrome professional reversal film in an article dedicated to digital photography? That's how bogus it gets. That's pretty bogus. It's pretty bogus. Pretty hypocritical. Well, it's you know, it's it's it's, it's become a fashion statement to yep. say that it was photographed on film rather than actually using it to effect, hmm. which is what I I think is just dumb. It sickens us. <laughs> It sickens me. They should have their fingertips cut off Sprocket so holes. they can't push the button. I shot a, an image of Jeffrey. Jeffrey here. He, he's mm. here. And Justin. They're mm. also here. This is the Alternative Cinema Studio where mm-hmm. we record this. On 20, 126 camera with uh, Kodachrome loaded into it. Mm-hmm. Sprockets holes. Sprocket holes. Sprocket holes. And it was them on Pizza Friday. And it was just the most insane shot. It's like Jeff with the pizza and Justin. But Justin's head... Went you know above the sprocket hole, so really the image, like it it was one beautiful image, hmm. and the sprocket holes only made it that much weirder and crazy. There you go, perfect crazy, application. Crazy look on their face. Half of Justin's head is being cut off by sprocket holes. Sprocket holes. Sprocket holes. <laughs> and uh, it's probably in my photo stream if anybody wants to check it out. That sounds like a grindcore band out of Denmark. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Sprocket Holds. Yes. All right.
But thanks, Jason, for the shot and uh, continued support of the podcast. Thank I love you so the shot. Much. I nice, also love the nice shot. shot. I love perspective shots. Yeah. I just yeah, I just love that diminishing shot. perspective. It's like it's off kilter. It's not. It's it's just it's just for what this beautifully composed. Yes, the sprockets definitely add to yeah, the. Yeah. Next up is a amazing oh, time exposure. What is that a picture of? It looks like a flaming ocean waves. Ah, uh, you gotta read. You gotta read the the, uh, the side. It says long exposure during the Louis bonfire procession where everyone was carrying flames aloft. So you can barely see people's feet oh. under here. So this is just rows of people. It looks like lava. Yeah. It's an insane image. I thought someone had Very added striking. some sort of uh, gasoline to the ocean. <laughs> this is <laughs> the end of the world. Lit it on fire, and those are waves. This is a picture I saw in my dream of the end of the world. It looks like Hawaii, like a, a, yeah. a volcano it's eruption. It's apocalyptic. It just looks insane. It's, it's an awesome photo. And this image was shot on a Holga 135 BC and Kodak Elite Chrome 100, and it was cross-processed, which means it was it was chrome film processed in C41. C41. C41 poison. It was C8. Oh. Once when I was in college, John and I went to college together, and our friend John West, we used to hang around. We went to local pizzeria, which we haunted. Mm-hmm. Bruno Brothers. Hey, Bruno Brothers. Wayne, New Jersey. Jersey. You guys went to college together? Yeah. Yes. And this man, like a little man, older guy with like a cap on, he just comes up to John West. like very kind. He's like, hey, how are you doing? John shakes his hand. And as soon as he shakes his hand, he says to John, <laughs> he points to his hand. He's like, C, C8, poison. And then just walks away. Really? And John West just standing there looking at his hand. He's like, I, I, I don't know what to do. <laughs> Did he wash it? So the guy walks up, shakes head, says C8, poison. It's like C8, poison. Meaning, like, I'm giving you poison now. Exactly. That's what we thought. He, he has C8 on his hand, which is poison, apparently. Yeah. So Did anything ever happen to John West? Anything ever happen to him? His hair no. fell off, didn't it? No. No. He's doing just fine. He's out in Arizona. Oh. So, to this day, when sometimes John and I shake hands up, C8, <laughs> poison. Yeah. C41. Next is by the same photographer, which is, uh, the photographer's handle is 25THC. This is a this is a double exposure. Isn't THC a drug? It's C eight. No. Wasn't THC a, like a, a derivative of Maro- tetrahydrocannabinol? I don't know. Yeah, it's in. Uh, I hear it's in marijuana THC. That's what they this tell is me. also shot on a Hoga 135 BC. Same thing. Lee Chrome 100. This is cross processed, but double exposure. It's a very industrial looking image. It's really striking, isn't it? It's like brushed metal, and I didn't know those were were. Or cones. I mean, it's an image that begs to be looked at and dissected. It's and disturbing to me. It but looks like a, a, a heavy metal album cover. See, I think tool or something. I think future projects like this, us looking at images, maybe you guys should take one one podcast because you, you're going to notice that I'm randomly picking images that belong to the same photographers. Mm-hmm. So I'm drawn to certain styles. Right. Next shot is also by by uh, Jason. Is it? Super wide and slim. Uh, and this is shot with the um, Superheads wide and slim camera. Superheads wide and slim. <laughs> Again, diminishing perspective, and it's got vignetting, which is cool. Yeah, and that's what it's called, vignetting. Yeah. I just, it's just, a, I lo- just love the shot. See, it's another uh, like you know. Uh, vignetting is like another thing that adds to this film rather, or this shot rather than, you know, makes it look like, oh, look, I'm using vignetting. Right. You know, it's, it's the composition that really 
Yep. Works with the vignetting. He's shooting on uh, expired Agfa 400 film. It's great. Expired yeah. Agfa 400 film. Super wide. The super wide generation. Super heads. Yeah. Super heads. Next shot. I like this shot because I was recently in Manhattan. Oh, look at that. I love that picture. Around the holidays time. This is Manhattan? No, this is Japan. But the point is what that... What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> this is a slice of life from Japan. Yeah. And that is like a Bruce Davidson photo, man. Look great at that. Thing about Flickr is it brings people together, and now we have a slice of life from Japan. Mm-hmm. The point being is I'm doing a lot of street photography in Manhattan, so sometimes just I'm trying to grab as much as possible because the striking thing for me, at least for this image, is I'm seeing a slice of life from someplace very far away that you would never otherwise see. Yep, and the culture of the bicycles, mm-hmm. you know, and those dudes down there. Everybody has a bike. Yeah. And he comments on it. The phot- photographer is Zozio32. He comments on it. Next shot. Next. Are those motorcycles or are they bicycles? Bicycles. bicycles. This, Dwayne, this is a photographer, Alan G. Miller. He shoots underwater on Kodachrome 64. Good God. With a Nikonos or something? What kind of camera does he use? I don't know. Doesn't say. Kodachrome 64, 35mm, stunning. And he's does a lot of underwater photography with Kodachrome 64. This is one of many shots that are just, as I say, simply stunning. He's either using, I guess, a strobe or a... Oh, it's definitely strobe because you can see. Yeah, you can see. There's it. illumination fall off the... Uh, I guess it's a piece of coral. It's very brightly lit. And as you go down to the bottom of the frame... It's a giant barrel sponge. Is it? That's what it says. But doesn't it... And, uh... Yeah, there's just a little bit of fall off. But it's nice, though, because there's a light coming from the background, and it's at the sun. The is that sun. a little stroke? Yeah, it looks like a sun reflection on the top but of the water. But doesn't it seem unusual to think to shoot Kodachrome underwater? Oh, I, don't, I think it's very unusual because, um, well, I don't know that much about underwater photography. It's a completely separate genre. Right. But uh, a lot of, you know, water underwater housings were made for film cameras. Mm-hmm. But now, I would imagine, because it's such a tricky, tricky thing to nail down. I mean, you're underwater, which is just another host of variables to make it more difficult to get something you can use, Mm -hmm. people would use digital because you can simply see immediately whether you got it or not. So for someone to still use film underwater, that's a pretty uh, pretty spectacularly amazing thing. Absolutely. Next shot. It's a terrific moody. It sets a tone. I I can almost be there. Mm -hmm. I can almost feel like I'm standing there smelling the salt air and it's like I have a, like a parka with like a hood up and it's like sort of misty and raining and uh, I just love it. It's simple. It's, it was developed in caffeinol, which is probably why it has that look to it. It has a lot of grain to it. Uh, it's, it's expired Tri-X 400 and it was shot on a Mamiya Secor. Mamiya Secor lens. Yeah. Mamiya. Is that, now, was that a Mamiya 330? Was it a Mamiya RZ? Know. RB? You don't know? Daniel, which uh, Mamiya did you use? Send Mamiya. us a letter. Is that Newport, Rhode Island? Yeah, I would think so. Or Newport, California. Oh! oh. What does it say? It says Newport. It's yeah. Newport. I can't tell. But as you say, it's a terrific moody shot. I like it. It's very dreamy. Yeah. I don't think it's Newport Beach, California, because there's this rocky shoreline. Oh, okay. It must be Newport, Rhode Island. Our next shot is by Haggis. I love this picture. <laughs> but then again, I just love women. Haggis. Haggis. Have some Haggis. What I like about Haggis, I think, uh, did he send us a letter? I don't know. I don't remember. What I love about this is the technical detail that he gave us mm. to look at is is overwhelming. It's and a little it's excessive. Awesome. I don't think so. I don't think so at all. Because he's uh, telling us he used a yellow filter with black and white film. Like, this is all, I mean, look how striking that image is. Mm. That's an amazing, striking image. 
Well, the uh, the focus is awesome, and the background is awesome. Having photographed a lot of women over the past 22 years, I think the most important thing you should look at when looking at a picture of a woman is your your immediate response to her. I mean, you can dissect all sorts of details that you want, but if you don't look at that woman and go, oh, look at that, look at her, look at her. It isn't about like you or what you shot or how you shot it. Right. You're looking at the woman going, oh, wow, look at her. That's the greatest compliment you can get. If you photograph women and someone doesn't look at that picture and say, oh, you took a great picture, if they say, wow, look at her. That is the ultimate compliment. It's like watching a film and not being distracted by bad audio. You're not, you're being drawn into it, and you're saying, "Wow!" The moment I looked at this picture, I just looked at her eyes and went, "Oh, look at her eyes!" You know, I had like a, a visceral response to an image of a woman, rather than rather than saying, "Wow, he threw the background out of focus." Well, right. yeah, that's great. You know, you had a, a wide aperture, wonderful. But the fact that you know, there's a there's a personality in that woman coming through that is. It's serious. It's sexy. She's looking right at the camera. Is she mad? Is she is she <laughs> No, is she really look at her. Is she angry? Is she sexy? What is she? I mean, you're asking questions about uh -huh. the facial expression on that woman. At least I am as a photographer. I'm looking at that going, well, that's really, really se for me it's just a sexy picture. I think it's sexy also because there's no clothing on her shoulders. Exactly, too. Everything is left to the imagination. He's from Model Mayhem, and I'm a Model Mayhem also. So hello, fellow Model Mayhemer. Also, the hair was done by uh, someone on Model Mayhem with a number. Oh, wonderful. Model. The makeup was done on Model Mayhem. The photographer is on Model Mayhem. And he used Arista EDU, which is also rebadged Fomapan 100 hey, wait from the a Czech minute. Republic. Magnus. We know this guy. We know we, I was making fun of his name. Oh, but it says that his handle on on uh, on Flickr is Haggis. Oh, Haggis. He's making fun of his own name. I don't feel so bad now. Maybe. So yeah, Magnus. We've we've we're to us last time. Was that it? Great work. I love, love it. Nice I love shot. the picture. Uh, next shot I thought was just um, bizarre, striking. Uh, I didn't have time to make notes. Uh, bamboo. It's called Bamboo. The photographer is RDS3 Wave. That's his handle. It looks like a minor white photograph. Oh, silence. Minor white was a. Uh... Oh, minor white was a mighty fine photograph. <laughs> minor white was a very, very, very famous black and white photographer in a league with like Edward Weston and Ansel Adams. Right. Okay. And he. Uh... And he published some wonderful books. And he was like this. It was like very sort of uh, moody images that were done in black and white mm -hmm. of objects. You're not really sure what they are. And mm -hmm. he tried to add uh, some spiritual meaning, a deeper meaning to all of his photographs. So when you look at this, yeah. it sort of falls into that category because you're not really sure what it is. Is it trees? Is it something else? It has a very mystical sort of spiritual quality to it, which is why I, you know, said I think it's gallery one. worthy and yeah. you can make yeah. some money with this. Well, <laughs> that, that's <laughs> your stock kidding. statement. I think you can move this product and you can make a couple well, two what's cool about it is there's, there's this foreign object in the middle of this bamboo forest. Right. You know what? I like it because it's used in symmetry. And yeah. every single photo book that you read regarding composition says use rule of thirds. Right, and you right. should place, yeah. place things. Forget it. He used yeah. symmetry. He used it beautifully. Yeah. Beautiful example the, of symmetry. I love it. The black, uh, the dark black front part of the tree uh, plays off nicely to the uh, white part of the uh, other <laughs> part nice. of the tree. As John would say, next shot. Thank John's trying to move us along here. Okay, this is part of a bigger project. This is by uh, guy, the gentleman's handle. I think it's gentleman. Trapak, T-R-A-P-A-C. Oh, I think it's a guy. Trapic. Trapic. I didn't have time to make notes, 
By the time you see this, your notes will probably be there. But anyhow, Tropic Thunder. This is a uh, good movie. Great movie. If you click through to uh, this photographer's uh, Flickr page, you'll see that that um, what he's doing is shooting a roll of film, underexposing it, rewinding the roll, sending the roll to a friend. That that friend pops the roll in and shoots knife photography, and then it's just a mixed bag of whatever you'll get. But he's taking all the images he's getting and he's putting it in an order to tell a story. And I think that's a really awesome little project. It's an interesting idea, isn't it? Yeah. You're just taking this whole element of the unknown. It's sort of like if I shot a roll and gave it to you and you went out and shot it. That would be an example of it. That'd be great. We should do it. We're taking your idea. Yeah. No, we're just kidding. I love it. Congratulations to on the uh, on the yeah. just the, the it is a the cool project. picture. We very, didn't even describe what the picture was of. That's an that's a great picture. Yeah. It really is. It's like you don't know what it is or what it's saying, but you can tell right off the bat that it's just the way it's composed and the way these images play off each other. It's uh, very dreamlike. It right. begs, you know, some answers. And if you look at other images from the set, they're all similar in the sense that they have the same style, and they they're many of them are striking. Next image is another slice of life. Again, by Zozio 32, Japan. Uh, and I like this image because it, you know, it is Japan culture of taking your shoes off. Right. I didn't even, I didn't even think of that. And here in the United States, we walk around with our shoes on. Yeah, it's tracking dirt, mud, in the, yeah. and dirt everywhere. It's horrible. It's, it's it. horrible. And if you have a home or an apartment, and someone comes over and you ask them to remove their shoes, it's like an insult. Yeah. It really is. Like, what do you mean? But I just bought these shoes. That's what women say. I just bought these. These are Christian Louboutins, and they're like, great. Yeah, right. They take their shoes off. And John, if you're, someone comes to your home and you ask them to take the shoes off, and they comply, their body language t- tells you they're annoyed. Yeah, they are annoyed. There's a great episode on Curb you and th- Your Enthusiasm about Larry. He refuses to take his shoes off. Larry David. Larry David, yeah. That's yeah. Did like you see the movie Whatever Works? No, I didn't see it. I loved it. I think I did. Larry David. Yes, I did. Woody Allen's Woody movie. Allen. Yeah, Larry I thought it was really good. Yeah. Strange, but it was funny. Next okay. shot is... Uh, Pink cupcakes. It's, I, I, it's love, like a, I love still lifes. Yeah, this is still life, and it's just perfect. Beautifully done. <laughs> I love this picture because it looks like straight out of Martha Stewart's living. It's mm-hmm. someone who... Yeah. I, so whoever did this... Has a grasp lib photo have of his, of the genre of food photography and still my, life photography. My favorite thing about this photo is that there are BBs on top of that one. BBs. No, they break their okay, teeth. And people are gonna break their teeth on that. No. And the color of whatever it's photographed on a surface or of paper is also the same color of the frosting. Yeah, you can tell there was a lot of thought put into this very simple. Maybe it wasn't. Shot. Maybe that person just stumbled it. Maybe it was a wedding. And they, I would love to know. I would love to know. Well, what's yeah. this person's name? L I B L L B photo? I can't read. Lib it. photo? Maybe. Please send us an email and let me know if you set this up. L L B photo. L L B photo. L L B photo. Please let us know if you set this up or whether you were at a wedding maybe and you saw this and it was a grab shot. I'm gonna say he set it up. You think so? I'm saying he I'm saying this person saw this found this. Five dollars. No, I, I think they I'm not gonna say anything. What? I'm not gonna say I I think I know. I think I read it. Oh. I'm not gonna tell you guys. No, tell us. We no. got a bet going on. Five oh, it's, it says on uh, the person's um, Flickr page that they did this for their portfolio. Oh, okay. <sighs> five bucks. I owe five, five, five dollars. Get the five bucks. A little too okay. A little too perfect to have been a grab shot. Okay. We're giving away a Canon AE1 package. 
It's uh, courtesy of Alternative Cinema. Yeah! This is a pre-owned camera that was purchased by us on eBay. It does not come with a flash. The flash is, this is my flash on it right now. I'm going to hand this camera around, and we're going to take some shots here mm. in the studio with with the actual camera we're giving away. Here, you take some shots of me or John. We just wait for the red light it's to like go on. It's like real metal. Yeah. It's a nice camera. This is a Canon AE-1, and it it's, it's comes with a lens package as well. Uh, on the camera is a Canon 50mm lens, F, I think it's an f1.8. And also nice. in the package is a Canon zoom lens. It's an FD lens. It's a, a 70 to 210 zoom wow. lens. Also, also, in, also in the package is a... <laughs> We're taking some shots here. Nice. A Takura 28mm lens. So you have your your uh, your zoom lens. You have your wide-angle lens. You have your standard 50mm lens. This is quite a nice package. Yeah. I would say that the retail... Thank you. The retail value <laughs> of this package is about uh, 70... Is about 70 US dollars. And this package new was probably about 600 to 700 and it's got dollars. great action on it very smooth i only buy uh cameras from ebay for myself and in this case uh, shopping for uh, our, our 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 winner i only buy cameras from homes that where the homes yeah good homes like i know this camera the previous owner had it for the life of the camera it was well maintained it was kept in a bag as a matter of fact I put a brand new battery in it, but the battery it came in was still functional. It was very weak. Wow. So this is a very well-maintained camera. The glass is clean. Nice. And uh, yep. I'm going to shoot a roll or two with it. I'm going to include some film with this. And What's um, the criteria? Who's going to get it? How are they going to get it? Also comes with the instruction manual, the AE-1 instruction manual. Ooh. A booklet about Canon FD lenses. Ooh. Some pouches for the lenses. Pouch. Pouch. But it is being shipped in a cardboard box. No Sprocket good. holes. <laughs> Sprocket holes. This is our first contest, and we're we're new, you know, kind of newbies to contests, mm-hmm. you know. So we're probably going to make some mistakes. But I can tell you out of the gate mm. that if you win something from us. We can't give away camera packages to the same person every month. Right. So once you win... Back off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take it easy. Don't get greedy. And remember, we're from Jersey, so we right. get the muscle to back that up. Coach Duffy in high school, he was your typical, stereotypical coach. Sometimes kids would get in his face. you really? know. And he was a gray hair, older guy, had a bottle in the office. like Whoa. A bottle of liquor? Yes. In his office at school? This is late 70s high school. You could not do that today. This is when you could be like that. Yeah. And kids would get close. He would just say two simple words. Back off! Back off! (laughs) He would just yell it at your face. With his liquor breath. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. He could like light a flame in front of his mouth and it would shoot up. He should have done that. Back off! Also, I would say that if you ha- if you already own a 35 millimeter camera package, 
maybe you know don't enter the contest because maybe we want to get this to right. someone who kind of yeah maybe you want to win something next time that you don't have or would like Dwayne and I are going to try to squeeze some like new stuff out of the Lomography Society <laughs> we're going to the Lomo people in yeah. the city we're making a field trip going into Manhattan to the oh, Lomo top. folks and like what do you guys got what do you guys got that we can give away yeah um, so if you if you're like me like I own so many cameras that. I don't want a 35mm. The criteria... The criteria... The criteria... <laughs> the criteria is you need to send an email to us at filmphotographypodcast at gmail.com. You need to say that I heard the <laughs> January 15th podcast. And it was awesome. <laughs> and I would like a chance to win the Canon AE-1 35mm camera package. I will say that um, I've tested this equipment... But it is used. There's no guarantee it's going to work. It's no. It's Mike. It's in beautiful shape. Oh yeah. But things do happen. Yeah. yeah. But it's. I mean, it looks like it's new. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. And if you can tell us a little bit about yourself and your photography and where you are, if you're on Flickr and some critique of our podcast, I mean, please. I mean, let let us know what you do. Do you have a blog? Mm-hmm. You know, why are you shooting film photography? Are you just getting into film photography? Are you thinking of ditching film photography? Just just let us know. Next month. <laughs> Have a cannoli. <laughs> February <laughs> Film Photography Podcast. We are going to take all the entries, put them in a fishbowl. Oh, excellent. And we're going we're gonna to pick somebody out of there. Yeah. For someone listening to this podcast from our archive, this offer to send us the email is only good through... Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's only good through January 25th, 2010. Yep. Now, this podcast goes live around the 15th of the month, so there's a very narrow window. Right. Ten, days. Ten days. Ten days. Yeah, but how long does it take to send an email? Uh, ten seconds. No, what I'm saying is someone could be accessing this podcast in the uh, future. Sorry. Right. Oh. It's sort of like when I was a kid and I was reading a 1966 Famous Monsters magazine, yeah. and they had a Famous Monsters wallet. <laughs> it's a wallet. And I sent my check or money order with the $3 to you know Captain Company, P.O. Box, right. yada, yada, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Yeah. When in fact, by the time I was reading the magazine, the product wasn't ever wasn't available, and the Captain Company moved to New York City. <laughs> I mean, if I turned in a coupon for some X-ray glasses from a, a comic <laughs> book from the '60s, I wouldn't get them. <laughs> but when you're a kid, you're huh? crazy enough to do that. Yeah, yeah. I, I sent quarters through the mail once to get Mad Magazine uh, paperback books. Did right. I got them? You I did? Got, like they came. I had mono. I had nothing better to do than read Mad Magazine. People actually did that. They actually sent, sent currency in the money. mail. Yes. Sent quarters and dollar bills. I hate to tell you. In a white envelope. Here no at Alternative Cinema, there's a catalog company, a DVD catalog people company. People still do that. People still send their cash in an envelope. To, hey, if you feel compelled to not send an email, if you really want to send us a letter, send, by the way. Put cash in it. <laughs> P.O. P. O. Box 152, Butler, New Jersey. <laughs> 07, uh, what is it? 07, da. Uh, f- oh, 07. 07.405. And it's Film Photography Podcast, Care of Alternative Cinema, if you want to send an actual letter. Oh, <laughs> we, we're, we're now. Now we're like, we getting, were going we to talk uh, about scanning. Not today. Not today, we don't have enough no. time. But tune in next time. Yeah. Forget, tune in next time when. And just briefly, there's so many scanners out there. I and mean, we're going to talk about how to navigate the different types of scanners, whether it's a Great. film scanner, flatbed mm-hmm. scanner. Virtual desktop like an Emicon, uh, service bureaus with with drum scanners, and how you should right. choose one. Yes, and uh, and I will be talking about the movie scanners where people's heads blow up. 
And I will be talking about my Agfa clack. The clack. I've got the clack. Oh, I'm excited to hear this. Uh, I've actually shot some film, so by next time I'll have it processed. I can talk about it. We'll have pictures from the clack. If you go to eBay.com and you type in 120 film and then click cameras, you're going to see a huge selection of like Kodak Brownie, Cresta 3, a Agfa clack. Clack for clack. A number number of cameras. They're fixed focus with one or two f-stops with one shutter speed. They take one uh, 20 film. You could load... Uh, 35 millimeter film using Sprocket Revolution. And they are so ugly. Sprocket Revolution. We will Sprocket cl- Revolution. We will clock you up. <laughs> <laughs> you think these are ugly cameras? That's ugly. That's an ugly mofo, brother. Really? That oh, is, please. That is ugly. It's you know what? It's so ugly. It's beautiful. I guess so. Yeah. It is kind of awkward. It's like one of those pug it's, dogs. It's yeah. awkward. I mean, it's certainly. It's just very. It's like. Boxy. I don't know yeah. what it is. And it says clack on it. Clack! Phil, it does. It just says clack. It's almost intimidating. Can I take your picture? Like a clack! Yeah! Come on, let's clack it up, bro. I will tell you one quick thing. When you're walking Wait. around in public, like yes. I, I took this outside and the UPS guy was driving. People will ask you questions. No, no, no. Uh, he was there and it was Christmas time and he He's had like, an Please assistant. Don't shoot me. And he was just standing there. It's kind of posed like they were thinking about the boxes. I went up to uh, Mike, the delivery guy, and I said, listen, you know, um, I'm, I, st- I held up the camera. I'm like, I have a vintage camera. I'm doing some shots. Can I take a shot at you guys? And most people are so, like, so kind of amazed that you have such an odd camera. Yeah. They're just like, sure, great. And they just pose, which I need because it's like a slow shutter speed. Right. And I shot it. I love that story. Thanks. Listen, we got to go. Filmphotographypodcast at gmail.com. Filmphotographypodcast.com. We're on Flickr. Flickr. Dump your shots into the, into the pool. Send us some mail. We're giving away a camera, and we'll see you next month. Thank you so much for uh, listening. We do appreciate it. Yeah. And again, those those, those photographs you guys sent were just yes. a cut above. Cut. Yeah. Kudos to everybody, really. And uh, bye bye. Flash ball? No, flash didn't go off. Shit, I shut the flash off before I shot it. Oh. All right. All right. We're out. <laughs>